0: I'm Norm Wakefield. Welcome to the Live to Love blog for November 2023. We've been doing a series of articles called It's a Matter of Identity. And today I'm recording here part six, identity principle number four. Fathers for generations shape our lives in ways we don't realize. All of us have become taught by successive generations of fathers who have shaped our lives by what they did or didn't do. This goes all the way back to our first father, Adam. When he sinned, sin entered into the world and has infected every generation. That's in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. The culture in which you live and have your identity bears the effects of the curse and its accompanying iniquities. Identity principle number four is this. Fathers direct the identity course of their children by what they do or don't do. Fathers determine the philosophies of life, religions, work habits, and family patterns of every nation. It's culture. I'm not ignoring the impact of women, but their place in each culture is determined by what the men did or didn't do. In order to be identified with your people and have the power of their acceptance, your fathers, the men in your society, and you, have allowed the culture to shape your lives. The only exception to this is when someone desires to identify with another father, people, or culture. Or maybe a child is wounded or hurt and decides they're going to do everything they can not to identify with their father. Isn't this true? Absent fathers create empty children. If you look back to the previous identity exercises at the list of people with whom you wish to identify, you might conclude that you gave those people the power to shape your life. In one sense, you did open the door to their influence. However, you might be surprised to discover that it was your father or the lack of having a father that was the primary cause. Your father, by what he did or didn't do, impacted your search for identity. If a father doesn't fill his children with his presence, love, and purpose, then they'll be searching for someone or something to fill the void. Absent fathers create empty children and rear another generation unprepared for life both practically and spiritually. A father actively or passively establishes his child's identity course. First, we see this principle explicitly stated by Simon in his declaration of Jesus' identity in Matthew sixteen sixteen. 16. Jesus' identity is directly related to his father. Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The father directing Jesus' course in life is affirmed as we read that Jesus never did or spoke anything on his own initiative. That's found in John 5.30, again in John 8.28-42, and, and John 12.49, and John 14.10. He lived by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of his Father, as it says in Matthew 4.4. 4. Second, this principle is implied in Jesus' reply to Simon in Matthew 16.17-18. and 18. He told Simon, His understanding of Jesus' identity came from a revelation from his Father in heaven, thus testifying to his belonging to his Father. This called for a new identity. Simon became Peter. Let me read that verse to you. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Third, in a spiritual sense, this principle is verified in the application of the gospel. Everyone who is born again receives the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Son, because each belongs to the Father, as it says in Galatians 4.7. Our hearts turn to God the Father because His heart is turned to us. He thus directs our identity in life through His Spirit, who seals, directs, and protects us, just like it says in Ephesians 1.13-14. Fourth, this principle is evident in life through various cultural rituals and examples. Children are typically identified by the names of their fathers. In many cultures, the last names actually communicate sonship or sonhood. For instance, ovich in Russian means son of. In Scandinavian countries, S-S-O-N or S-S-E-N indicates one is a son of a man, like Anders' son, Anderson. In English, John's son was at one time identified as Johnson. Believers are called sons of God when identified by God, like it says in 1 John 3.1. Some groups, such as those of the Jewish faith, have ceremonies celebrating the identification of sons and daughters with their father's faith and identity. Some tribes in Africa continue centuries old rituals of fathers calling out the sons of the community into manhood. Fifth, this principle can be observed in our society. If a father doesn't fill a son or daughter with his spirit, that is, his influence, providing hope for the future and a meaningful or purposeful relationship, the son or daughter experiences a nagging emptiness. This emptiness demands to be filled. It is a longing to belong or be connected to power. The children whose father doesn't have time for them or who doesn't know how to provide a relationship with hope for the future will seek relationships or experiences offering what they lack. If you've ever coached children or youth, you've probably noticed the boys or girls who are lacking direction and love from their fathers. They're starving for attention and approval. Gangs become surrogate fathers to sons abandoned by derelict dads. The popular 10th grade cheerleader sets the dress fads for dozens of girls who want to be connected with her because she gets the attention of the boys. Her power becomes their power. But why would the girls want the attention of the boys? Why does a guy want to join a gang? One primary reason is because dads haven't known the importance of sealing their sons and daughters in their identity and thus leave them open, empty, and vulnerable. On the positive side, exemplifying the relationship between the Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus, a father, may direct the identity course of His son or daughter by what He does. If a father has a vision for developing and maintaining a relationship with his children which prepares them for life, fills their emotional and spiritual tanks, and provides clear hope for the future, he sets them on a course of fullness and purpose. Fathers must seal their children's identities. Imagine going into a store to purchase a bottle of water. Upon finding one, you check the cap and notice the seal is broken. Would you purchase that bottle? Probably not, because you fear someone may have put a contaminant into the water or perhaps someone actually has taken a swig from it. We seal bottles to protect the contents and to preserve what's contained therein. The seal is an assurance. Now think of your children as bottles, and you're giving meaning, purpose, and hope to them as sealing them. That seal protects all of the truth and teaching you put into them and prevents their being polluted by lies, worldly philosophies, and carnal allurements. However, if you don't seal them, in effect you send them off to school open without sealed caps. What you've instilled in them may be lost, and their souls may become open seedbeds for anything promising them a sense of significance and power. The ignorant or otherwise occupied father determines the identity course of his child by not sealing his child. Let me give you a father's example. One father did it this way. On his son's 12th birthday, in an official and loving way, he communicated to his son that he belonged to him, was loved by him, and together they were going to walk from boyhood into manhood. Here are some of the ideas this father had for sealing a son. giving official acknowledgement of belonging and connection, give vision and meaning for the relationship, teach him about his body, teach him how to be a leader, teach him how to know God's Word, pray, interpret Scripture, and discern truth from error, teach him how to understand a woman and love her with God's kind of love, teach him skills men need to care for a family, covenant to walk through life together, Assist him in discerning God's will for his life's work, ministry, and mate. Inform him, as he becomes secure in his identity in Christ, that he will decrease and the Heavenly Father will increase. You can learn more uh, at spiritofelijah.com forward slash chariot forward slash chariot underscore 39 Obviously, this was the beginning of a long process that took place daily. The important thing to note is the hope communicated to the son, meaning purpose, vision, hope, and relationship were communicated. This father's heart was turned to his son, and the result was the son's heart turning toward the father. This sealed the son, much like the Holy Spirit seals the sons of God, and a cap seals a bottle. Without this process, a son may seek other identity sources in women, careers, and money. Well, next month, We'll continue to talk about how a father directs the identity course of his children. We'll gain some insights into our dads and look at how we can be men of integrity who live anchored in who God has said we are. Until then, I hope you'll consider the impact of your dad on your identity and your own impact on your children. Well this past month I've had the opportunity to speak at a men's breakfast and a father-son camp. Some of those messages were video recorded and are available on YouTube. Others were recorded and are available on the spiritofelodja.com website. One of the messages is rethink the way you live. Did you know that heaven isn't someplace way out past the moon? How close is God to you? In this message, given at a men's breakfast at Great Commission Church in Olive Branch, I unpack three foundational truths one, you live in the presence of God, two, you only see yourself in this world clearly from a heavenly perspective, and three, You can live in heaven now. Live your life from an eternal perspective. Well, if you just look up uh, on a search, rethink the way you live, Norm Wakefield, men's breakfast, you'll probably find that YouTube. The second one is called that day. We all have only two days for certain, today and that day. That day in the Bible is called the last day, the great day of our Lord Jesus Christ, the day of Christ Jesus, the day of his coming, the great and glorious day, the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, the day of redemption, the day of the revealing of the sons of God, and the last day. How we live our todays will determine what we will experience on that day. In this message, I'll share what we can expect today and on that day. You can also look up the Father-Son Camp download page at spiritofelijah.com forward slash messages, forward slash retreats, forward slash father-son. Well, it's finally arrived. The new edition, the second edition of Equipped to Love. You can get it at spiritofelijah.com, and I hope you'll uh, check it out. It's a new and improved version of the original book that I wrote called Equipped to Love, Idolatry Free Relationships. So check it out. It's a It actually is a, um, I guess a prequel in a sense to the live to love with Jesus book. And, um, it'd be a great gift to hand to someone who is, uh, thinking about getting married or you want to prepare them to understand what God's love is like. Thank you so much for listening to the November blog. And I pray that this will have been an encouragement and, uh, give you an excitement about walking with Christ and being a father to your children.